It's time for Business Minds Coffee Chat, an inspiring show about the journey to personal and professional growth. And now, your host, Jay Shear. Hey everyone, you're listening to Business Minds Coffee Chat, and I am your host, Jay Shear, and I am super excited this morning. Today, my guest is a He's an amazing human being. He's a husband and father, a renowned human behavior and performance coach, a keynote speaker, business strategist, and he's the host of Flipping the Lid and No Limits Rapid Fire. He helps high-performing professionals who are held back by traumas and triggers break free of what's keeping them stuck by taking out their emotional trash. He's been featured in numerous media outlets, including ABC, NBC, CBS, Forbes, Fox, and TLC. Please welcome Brian Bogert. Brian, man, it is fantastic to speak with you this morning. Thank you so much for joining us. Man, I uh, I love to be with you, my friend. I know we've had multiple conversations and found ways to help each other in the past, and I love to be with people who are building platforms to pour good into the world, and that's pretty much everything you do. So I know this is going to be a great conversation today, brother. It, it definitely is, and I appreciate your kind words. So I, I thought a good starting point for us. Let's just start off by going deep. What is one of the greatest challenges that you have faced in your professional career, and if you could share with us what you learned from that, how did it change you? Wow, that's uh, I, I love the question right out of the gate. You know, what's interesting is I think the greatest lesson I've learned across my professional career is that wherever we are protecting ourselves, we are guaranteeing we will disconnect ourselves, both from who we are and what we want. I was in a position through a variety of situations in my life, some of which I'm sure we'll cover at a high level today, that I had a lot of trash from my past that I didn't even know existed. I listened and bought into the narratives of the world, which were, if you have a good mindset, if you're mentally tough, you can do anything, right? And when I found myself isolated and alone in more than one period and searching for a healthy model and path to chase who I am, who I want to do this with, who I want to do this for, and who I want to impact, all I had was a healthy model of chasing what? What house? What car? What amount of money? And as a result of it, I chased that. And I chased that with a strong mindset. And I accomplished a lot. By the time I was 27, I had a $10 million business that we built with a few partners. I had all the what's I ever thought I wanted. And then I realized that it cost me the ultimate price because it cost me who I was. It was that time in my life at 27 that I started to unpack and realize that I had a deep, deep, deep level of shame that was showing up and impacting my business, impacting the way I was showing up in my business. And frankly, it was causing me to react in many moments throughout my life that created damage in ways that I didn't, I wasn't conscious to at the time. And it took a lot of work to start to raise my level of awareness and intention and then to start to recognize where I could feel in order to heal so that I could move forward. But what did it mean? It meant healing lots of layers of pain so I could shed associated layers of armor. Armor protects pain, right? Absolutely. And so if we operate with armor and we understand what that does to us, it disconnects us, right, from literally everything. And so what's the lesson? The lesson is that I've learned that I need to become a protector and a connector. I need to be able to lower my armor in moments, even when I think I'm not safe, based on my cellular memory, so that I can facilitate a safe and protected space for every environment that I'm in, so that everyone in it can be seen and understood and connected. And 
when I can do that, it requires me to have a strong spine and a soft front, right? A strong spine is I know who I am. I know what I'm willing to do. I know where my boundaries are. I know my value. I know uh, a whole variety of my intent, desires, hopes, dreams, right? My, my heart, my everything. I know it all. So I can be unwavering in any situation, which means I can effectively lower my armor. And when I think about lowering my armor, I think about my kids coming to dad to, you know, get consoled or my wife who had a rough day. They don't want to lay their head down on a metal chest piece of armor, right? They want to lay their head down on dad's chest and feel my rhythm and my strength and my energy. And I can't do that if I'm protecting myself. Mm -hmm. So that's really the deepest level of, of, of the lesson is wherever you protect yourself, you guarantee you will disconnect yourself from who you are and what you want. And so that becomes one of the biggest questions is what are you protecting right now? Yeah, that is such a, such a powerful question to ask. And I, I know this lands with so many people that are listening to our voices right now. And it certainly does with me. And it's so relatable. The bigger question is that, that, area of awareness, right? You reached a point where you had the self-awareness to realize that this is problematic, right? This is this is causing issues in my life. I mean, you had many of the external things that many people attribute to success, yet you were you were still in pain right you weren't finding the fulfillment that you had hoped that you would so i want to continue to dig a bit deeper there and i i'd love it if you would in your own words share with us a bit about who you are i mean you have experienced your own levels of significant physical trauma Walk us briefly through that and how that began to impact other areas of your life and relationships. Absolutely. You know, I, I will start by answering the question on who I am. And I always answer that question first that I'm a husband and father first. You know, you introduced me that way. Uh, but I have to say very clearly, it's the only thing that's binary in my world. Meaning if my wife and kids aren't good, I'll walk away from everything else. And though I've said that for 20 years, my actions were not always congruent. But it's because of what I was blind to, what I didn't see, what I didn't understand. And, you know, who I am beyond that is I'm I'm deeply fascinated in the human experience. And I've been studying human behavior, human performance, and human connection for 25 years. And what I really focus on, and I had to learn it through myself, it's how we created our Waste to Wealth method, which are the five pillars guaranteed for any individual or organization to identify and remove the waste they didn't even know existed within and or transform it into wealth-generating activities that will connect and convert in the growth of their business, right? So that's, that's who I am and a little bit about what I do, but let's, let's give some context, right? When I was seven, I was run over by a truck and my left arm was torn off. And fortunately, by the grace of <laughs> the universe, the source, God, whatever language people use and identify with, my guardian angel was there that day and, and saw the literal life and limb scenario in front of her and saved both. And so... I, I pause for one second whenever I say I was run over by a truck and my arm was torn off because for me, 31 years later, I've told the story so many times that it's so normal, but I realize how not normal it is. That's right. It's a highly unique story. And in 31 years of telling it, it's only gotten further and further clear to me how unique it is. However, what I've realized is that every single one of you has a unique story. And so regardless of the extremities of your stories, what's beca what becomes important is that you pause long enough to extract the lessons you can from your stories so you can become aware and intentional in how you apply those moving forward. And we all have that ability. We also all have the ability to tap into the collective wisdom of other people's lessons to shorten our own curve to learning. 
And so though my story is unique, the way I felt and the way I experienced my story is not unique. You know, I'll give some framing an example that started some of the early level of protection because I came out of the hospital and I had my arm in a sling with a teddy bear in between my body and my arm to hold it at 90 degrees. And I'm a cute little seven-year-old, had a lot of energy, right? I've, I've always had this charisma, so I've, I've always engaged in conversation with people. And inevitably, they'd come up and ask me, hey, hey, Brian, what happened to you? Right? They're expecting me to say that my brother and I were racing each other down the street on our bikes, or I flew off the jungle gym, or right? a normal seven-year-old story. And I would look at them deadpan in the eye and say, I was running by a truck and my left arm was torn off. Now, here's what would happen is... 99% of the time, they would, after they picked their job off the floor, they'd pause and they'd turn immediately look at, look to, to look to my parents or whatever adult I was in to verify the story, which started to tell me that they didn't believe and accept my truth, even though I'm living in it and communicating it as bluntly and as transparently as possible. Right. Right. And, and, and so that part I understand. And when I start to peel that back and I start to ask people, hey, have you ever been in a place in your life where your intent was really good? You were living and existing in your truth, and yet the world around you didn't see it, understand it, accept it, or connect to it, right? And, and it was those moments when I also started to realize the limitations of other people's viewpoints on me, because they would view me through their lens of what they'd be capable of in my situation, immediately limiting me and telling me what I wasn't going to be able to do in life. And those two things really fundamentally I struggled with, and that's when I locked up and went into the mental toughness-only side, which was... Brian's good, Brian's strong, Brian's capable, Brian can do anything himself. And for the next 13 years, brother, I crushed it. Crushed it. I did a lot of things. Broke broke so many expectations, and I was living in a way to prove to the world, but now I know I was really proving it to myself that, that I was capable and I could perform at a high level. But what that also showed me is that I learned to receive love, validation, and connection through performance, right? It seemed as if all of my love, connection, and validation was contingent upon what I did in life or for other people. Right? That's another non-unique thing about my story. Many high performers feel that way, and many of them have the same pattern that led them there. And you know, to keep this portion of the story kind of tight, right? that mindset ultimately bit me in the butt when I was 20 and rebroke my left arm. Uh, and it sent me down to uh, probably the deepest, darkest depression that I'd ever been in as an adult. Ten months with my arm hanging by my side, seven surgeons who were afraid to touch me. And, and I was surrounded by people at this time. I mean, I had so many friends, so many good connections, so many people that I bonded with and had all these experiences with, and yet I was completely alone. And I was a little angry and resentful in the beginning. It's like, why, why is nobody here? Why is nobody coming to help me, right? But then I had to pause long enough to realize that they just bought into the power of my own narrative, right? Brian's good. Brian's strong. Brian's capable. Brian can do anything himself. Right. And in one of the most vulnerable periods of my life, I didn't have the courage to ask for help. So that was kind of the beginning of, of realizing that my original story wasn't my transformation story like I thought it once was. It's the story that caused armor, protection, disconnection, and a lot of trash that I carried in my life that I was now starting to have surface for me to start to become aware. And so that's the one thing I want to say before we say anything further is that, you know, we talk about this and I've yet to meet a person who doesn't have trash in their past. But here's the most important thing I want everyone to remember about this. The trash from your past is not your fault. It just becomes your responsibility once you become aware of it or you start burying others in yours, right? This is generationally patterned. It's inherited. It's literally cellularly passed down in our DNA strings in many cases. My wife and I have traced ours back three generations. Wow. Right? And so it becomes extremely important that you start to remove the shame and blame and be able to view yourself through an objective and non-judgmental lens because it's when you stand in that place that you can see and feel and experience your truth in a way that will allow you to move in your life that you've never been able to before. 
you know, Brian, that's so that's so incredible. I mean, the the way you articulate this is is not only powerful, but it it also it just it strikes me right where it needs to. And I know that many that are listening right now feel exactly the same way. I can think back, and you and I have talked about this in the past, but I've I can think back to days when. You know, for many, many years, I was wearing layers of armor, wearing different masks, right, showing up in in a way that I thought others needed me to be. And what happened is the more I did that and the more that I was, let's say, rewarded for certain behaviors, the further I moved away from who I truly am at my heart and at my soul. And it took years, Brian, years of work, years of self-awareness just to understand that this is not – you're not living your truth. You're not living the, the life that you're meant to live. And so when you get to that, that point of, of realization, at least you can choose to do something about it. Right. And for me, it took a number of mirrors being held up for me to fully realize the pain that I was causing to not only myself, but to others as a result of the way that I was showing up, the behaviors that I was uh, that I was acting upon, etc. So, you know, I'm going to speak to your relationship since you brought this up you you brought up the relationship with your wife Ashley yeah. and you know you guys and you've been very open about this so i yeah. you know i, I want to make sure that our audience realizes that you know we're going to speak about some things we're just going to rip the band-aids off and and talk yeah. as authentically as we possibly can so we're going to Hold this thought, Brian, for just a moment because we're going to take a quick break to thank our amazing sponsors. And when we get back, we're going to talk about your relationship and those patterns that you were experiencing and what you were able to do to remove that trash to create a better bond and a better future and a better relationship. So we will be back here shortly. Don't you go anywhere. You're listening to Business Minds Coffee Chat. We'll be right back. There's no business like show business like no business I know. Visit the Fitzgerald Performing Arts Center at Flagler Auditorium. We're about to release our new season of professional touring shows. Visit our website at flaglerentertainment.com. Sign up for our newsletter. You can be the first to know about our shows and special offers. And remember, every time you buy a ticket to a show, you support the performing arts in Flagler schools and you support our local economy. This is Jay Shear. Are you a business owner or entrepreneur trying to figure out how to improve and achieve greater results? If so, I'm speaking to you. I provide the tools, coaching, and accountability you need to gain clarity around your personal and professional goals, remove the excuses holding you back, build the mindset, leadership skills, and proven strategies to grow your business and become the best version of yourself. To learn more or to apply for my coaching services, call 904-236-0431 or visit jshearbusinessconsulting.com. Um... 
All right, we're back. And again, you're listening to Business Minds Coffee Chat. And I am on the line today with my very special guest, Brian Bogert. We're having a fantastic conversation. It's a deep conversation. And I know you're getting a lot of value out of this. We're going to continue where we left off before the break, where we were about to delve into the relationship that Brian has with his wife, Ashley, and some of the challenges that they faced that really were linked to some of the trash that Brian had from his past and what they did about it. So, so Brian, kind of update us, kind of paint the picture of where the relationship was, what you were experiencing, and what you ultimately did to turn things around. Yeah, I mean, there's, you know, there's a big history and a variety of things that took place leading up to it. But where I'll start is in 2019 when my wife and I had a beautiful weekend away and she really challenged me in a moment with just asking a singular question. She said, hey, how would you feel if you didn't go to the office on Monday morning? And at this time I was running right our risk management employment consulting business, but I'd also been four years into running my coaching, speaking and, and private consulting business. And what she was getting at was that she felt like fear had gotten in my way. She'd never seen me operate, and I was barely scratching the surface of my potential. And, and she knew that I wasn't having nearly the impact on the world that I wanted. And what she also went on to tell me at that time is that she said, Brian, we need 100% of you, and we don't have it, right? She, no, she knew that I had convinced myself that, you know, I needed the status, the prestige, the, you know, the financial uh, security, if you will, of this growing business that, that continued to seemingly grow double digits every year, but yet seemingly took me further and further away from myself. And now this was years after I realized that it had cost me who I was and I was way more repaired, but it allowed me to sit in a moment where I was swirling in my shame, drowning in my doubt and flooded in my fear and realized that she was right. So 10 months later, uh, I left, I executed my buy sell for the whole purpose of being able to go help other people do what I was on the journey of doing and help them get back to the core of exactly who they are right? And be able to live the lives they want on their terms and unlock the power potential that could exist with inside them for their lives and their businesses. And I left in June 1st of 2020. And less than a year later, April of 2021, my wife and I would have told you at that time we were in the best place in our marriage we'd ever been. And and by the way, that was true. (laughs) 14 years in. And it led to a conversation that ultimately she pointed out that things I'd done, ways I'd showed up, uh, patterns, some of which still existed, had created a path that caused her to lose who she was. And given that my whole focus was to pour into the world, again, I told you my number one thing is being a husband and father, and now all of a sudden the person I care about most is sitting there telling me that, not that I'm 100% responsible, but that I contributed significantly to this path. And... I could have reacted in that moment, which would have supported a lot of the belief systems of the lack of emotional safety that she probably experienced at that time. And what we really unpacked is that I had this deep, 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 dark level of anger that really was buried so deep it could barely be excavated. You know, anger is a secondary emotion, right? It's never a primary emotion. And anger in and of itself is armor because it's designed to push everything and everyone away from you. And though I wasn't verbally abusing my family or hitting them or different things, I've got a really big personality with a giant energy. And if dad's grumpy or dad's on edge or dad reacts in a moment, like everyone feels it and it creates damage. And it would be little things like this. She'd be like, hey, honey, what do you want to do with the kids this weekend? But my shame filter would cause me to hear this. Hey, honey, you've not done enough to be a good husband and father here recently. So what are you going to do to make up for it this weekend? 
and my anger would kick in and then I'd react and I'd rattle off the 10 things I've done in the last four days to show her I'm like, husband and father. And that wasn't even what she was asking. Mm. Right. So that's when I had to go deep and inside because I went from believing I was in the best place in my marriage had ever been to not knowing if I was going to be married for another 30 days. even. So I made a promise to my wife that day that I was going to do everything in my power to ensure the negative effects of anger would not affect our health as a result of me again. And knowing I'm human and knowing that it would. Right. And, I'm proud to say that over the next 18 months, it only happened about three or four times. And in the last 18, it's not happened at all. And it, it did require me to go deep inside. It required me to deploy the pillars that I ultimately ended up refining and getting even more clear, period. And it allowed me to get back to the source and sources of not just the shame, but how the anger started to pattern and manifest in my life. And, and I made a decision in that moment that I was going to break generational patterns. I was going to reestablish emotional safety and trust back in my house. I was going to fulfill and become the man and husband that my wife and kids deserved. And, I, and frankly, I was capable of being, it took work. Right. And, and, but, but we're there. And what I like to say now is that my wife and I have been together for 17 years. We hid from each other for 14 and she's only felt emotionally safe with me for about 18 months. Mm. But progress and progress is being made. Huge progress, huge. Like we're in a completely, I mean, literal different place than we've ever been. And you know, I was given one of the proudest moments just about four months ago because I was still carrying a little bit of guilt, a little bit of um, heaviness, a little bit of self-blame, lack of forgiveness in some ways still around like, man, I was a great dad. I was a great father, but like I also created damage, right? I created damage that I was in a position that I'm now trying to repair. And so as I'm carrying this weight, we had a situation in our life that led to a conversation with my kids. And I realized my kids told me, they don't even remember having an angry dad. And that was one of the greatest gifts that I could have because we've set very effective boundaries in and out of the house. And for the first time ever in my life, you know, armor protects pain, but boundaries are a communicated contract that exists based on your clear existence. And they're so easy to establish when you're clear on your existence. And so this path helped me unpack and get the most clear, the most connected that I've ever been in my life. And, you know, connected to my story, I've been dealing with daily physical pain for nearly 31 years. I don't think it's in any way a coincidence that I've had zero physical pain for nine months. Wow. And I'm in the deepest amount of alignment, the deepest amount of congruence, and the deepest amount of healing I've ever been in my life. The intimacy, the connection, the vulnerability. And oh, by the way, my wife never got involved in our businesses until she felt emotional safety in our home. And she's a badass and has had such an impact in our world and our business and it's cool now because we actually get to live as partners in life holistically, which is challenging sometimes. Mm. But but we're in such a beautiful place of, of harmony, and now we believe that we're just trying to live our lives to set an example of what's possible when, you know, a lot of what I outlined ahead, most people think is impossible to overcome. It, it's hard work, but it, it's the greatest investment you can make that'll pay the greatest dividends in your life over time. Oh, that is so beautiful. So I want to talk about the work for, for just a moment. So the work that, that the two of you did together and the deep work that you've done, did you do that yourselves? Had you, were you in therapy? Were you working yeah. with someone? Just, just talk briefly about what that looked like. Yeah, great question. Um, now, we had been in therapy for four years prior to that because we have two special needs kids. And when our son was diagnosed with autism, it, it definitely were things that we wanted to make sure we were communicating and staying ahead. So we've been investing, believing that we weren't necessarily in a bad place, but investing in our relationship for years. And so 
that gave us a lot of foundation to work with. And what I would say is, is yes, we still had marriage counseling throughout this process, but nobody can do the work for you, right? They can provide, to your point, reflections in moments. They can provide perspective and, and guidance in moments. But the understanding and recognition of your own patterns, how these emotions and low-frequency things show up and move through you, how they move through your world so that you can learn how to move through them is really, really important. You know, there's elements of so much of the process that people go through typically where they go see a counselor, a therapist, and they just become more aware of all the ways they should be judging themselves. And so it does still require that objective, non-judgmental lens. But like I said, man, I didn't really have a healthy model for fully understanding this and unpacking it. Um, You know, I've got a a degree in psychology. I've studied these things for 20 to 25 years. And and I hadn't really landed on a model that allowed me to really move in my own life, right? I still felt this disconnection. I still felt this lack of healing. And, you know, there's universal truths and these amazing models that we can leverage, but, but none of them really, like, did the full depth of what I needed to do, which was to excavate these things and see them clearly. And that's the work that I had to do on myself that gave us clarity on the five pillars that we teach today. Mm. You know, the first one is awareness. And it's not just becoming aware of the ways you should judge yourself, but becoming aware of the intellectual, emotional patterns, the belief systems that were formed in time, the way that you see yourself, the way you react, so that you can see yourself in situations with much more clarity, right? You can't be intentional with what you're unaware of. You know, ownership is the next step. And that's whenever we create damage, we need to create repair. And, and I challenge people to really step in and own that ultimately every decision, every choice, everything that's ever happened in their life is a direct result of, of them in some form or fashion. And that's a hard pill for many people to swallow, but it's also the only place that you'll start to set yourself free. But in repair, I went and sat down with their parents, for example, and I went on to tell them like what I discovered, what I was working on, what I was going to do and how it impacted not only my relationship with them, but my wife, their grandkids, that, that, you know, I was going to show up better and deserve. And then her dad reinforced one of the greatest lessons I've ever been teaching my kids since the day they were born. He said, you talk too much, show me. Right? The world will never judge you based on your intent. The world will always judge you based on your actions because your actions are how you demonstrate who you are to the world. And wow. so if you are not, if you are, if you are feeling like someone or some situation or some group of people are not understanding your intent, you're not seeing, seen and understood, you're not feeling connected, you could sit there and act like you're a victim or you can recognize that it's your self-protection that's disconnecting you and them from the truth. So if your intent's not being seen and understood, then change your actions. If you're not getting the answers you want, change your questions, right? That's a part of ownership. The third is uh, unpack, right? Unpack is feeling for the purpose of healing. This is actually allowing yourself to go inside and recognize the physiological patterns of how these emotions actually show up in your body, right? Shame, for example, shows up in my body five different ways. Anger shows up in my body six different ways. Why is this important? I'll tell you when we get to the fifth pillar. But what it's also supported, and I've said we need to feel in order to heal for years, is that we have 40,000 cells in our heart called sensory neurons. They're brain-like cells that carry cellular memory. And it's been shown and studied that if you go through the intellectual process alone of unpacking the patterns of your past and you don't complete the 18-inch journey from your head to your heart and embody the associated emotions, that those cells don't actually heal and you'll continue to feel and repeat the same patterns. Unpacking is where we do most of the healing, but it's only sitting in that trash and sitting in that garbage long enough until it points you towards what's important. The last, the next two are flipping the lid, right? we got to flip the lid. What does this mean? Look at everything that's risen to the top, lay it out in the light. View it objectively, non-judgmentally. Flip the lid can be done in two moments, right? Now my wife could say something and she could, I could feel a reaction. I could feel myself triggered. And now I'm able to flip the lid in the moment and say something like, hey, babe, I just got triggered by what you just said. So it tells me I probably didn't hear you correctly. 
can you pause and restate what you just said? And I'll try to hear it through a more neutral lens. And if I'm not capable of that, then maybe we can pause this conversation and come back later so that we don't create damage. Mm, that's perfect. Right? It, it, it's so important, but what does that do? It requires awareness, ownership. It requires you to have done some work to unpack so that in the moment you can move and set that amount of freedom. Yeah. You know, scanning the can is the other side of this flips the lid because we have to review these things and get what doesn't serve us out before the end of the day because otherwise stage three REM consolidation sleep takes place and you start compounding the issues. The last step's the most important, right? It's because this is where we move. It's how it moves in your body, how it moves in your world so you can move through it. I talked about the physiological patterns, shame moving through my body different ways, right? It's important because it shows up as about 50 different emotions. So unless I can identify the patterns and how I'm reacting, I'm not going to know what I'm actually looking at. How it moves through your world is where you get triggered. Why is this important? Because when my chihuahuas go nuts when my doorbell rings and I get on sensory overload and I've got this edge about me, I have two special needs kids. What happens if I don't understand that and move through that in a moment? What energy are they going to get if they come jump in my lap, right? This is how you move through it. So what I always say in the move stage is, Everybody knows what it feels like to get triggered. Next time you get triggered, ask yourself two questions. Is what I'm reacting to right now due to what's right in front of me or the trash from my past? Mm. And secondarily, what am I protecting right now? Because it'll point you towards what's important. Ah, so good. Great questions. Well, first of all, Brian, I want to thank you so much for sharing those pillars with us. And I know there's going to be questions. People want to go a bit deeper and we'll provide the links where they can actually do that. But as we're wrapping up our conversation today, I would love it if you would give our audience a challenge. What would you challenge all of us and me to do? I would challenge you to put yourself in a position to raise your awareness by gathering perspective in a objective and non-judgmental way. What does that mean? Give yourself the gift of going to your five closest relationships and just ask them two questions, right? If there was something about me, something in the way that I show up that you could unplug from me and plug into your life because you realize the value, the benefit, and how good it is, what is that? And then secondarily, hey, if there's something about me that either triggers you or you see I might be unintentionally creating damage or, uh, you know, it's something that you wish you could pluck out of me, remove and throw away, what would that be? And just allow yourself to actually receive the answers to those questions to gather and gain perspective on how others are seeing you and how it no longer aligns with your intent and desires. Ah, Because that's where you find the root. Yeah, there you go. I love that. Thank you. And Brian, I want to thank you so very much for joining us today on Business Minds Coffee Chat. You have you're you're just a you're a world shaker, man. You make things happen. I am grateful for you. Thank you for being part of my world and pouring into all of us today. I'm so so grateful for you. I'm grateful for you as well, my friend. Thank you so much for how you show up. Absolutely. And for the rest of you, thank you so very much for tuning into Business Minds Coffee Chat. We'll be back next Saturday morning at 830. And until then, keep learning and growing and keep doing the work to reach your potential. Take care, everybody. 